proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven and preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David, brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles, and I thank you for tuning in. I pray that what's said in the next few minutes will bless your heart, edify your faith, and give you hope for the day to come. Uh, There's some scriptures that were laid on my heart right before we got started today, and I want to read them to you. This scripture comes out of the book of Philippians, chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if there be a comfort of love or any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also to the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made into the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what it's all about, listener. We told you last time we were on here with a podcast, the main purpose of God is to honor his Son, and the main purpose of the Son is to glorify the Father. And that's what the gospel is all about, listener. That's what... The Bible is all about. That's why God gave us the words from Genesis to Revelation so that we in turn can honor the son and through honoring the son, glorify the father, which is in heaven. So help me this morning to honor the son. Help me in your listening and in your obedience to the Holy Spirit in this podcast. Honor the son and by honoring the son, we will glorify the father. Until that day that his kingdom appears. I want to welcome you once again. And while I'm welcoming you, listener, I want to welcome my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing well this morning, Charles. And it's good to be uh, back here again on this podcast and be with you. I was listening to you quote that scripture. And uh, boy, it just came to me. Jesus is our oasis in a very troubled time, is he not? They used to sing a song. And I'll not attempt to sing, but they used to sing a song that said that God is your oasis in dry places. He makes flowers grow. And uh, I'll tell you what a sad, rough, horrible time you're having today. If you're not in the oasis, that is Jesus that Charles just spoke of. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back, Charles, 
it's it's not been an easy week, but we made it. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well. It has been a little while, a couple of weeks since we've done a regular podcast. And I thank God that he brought us back together, that he's allowed us to do this once again. Scott, it thrills my heart every time we get an opportunity to do something in the name of the Lord. We were praying before the podcast and we were asking God to give us the opportunity to be a productive part of his kingdom to do exactly what those scriptures I just read said, to put others before ourselves, to make other people more important than ourselves, to attempt to meet their needs. You know, Scott, one of the secrets of life, if you have a need, listener, if you have a need, Scott, one of the secrets to getting your needs met, you know, a lot of people spend time in prayer and fasting and they're asking God the same prayer over and over and over. And they say, God, why won't you meet this need? But I've found that one of the key secrets to getting your needs met is to find the need that someone else has and meet that need at any cost. And when you have a heart to meet the needs of other people, God sees that heart. And he rewards you by meeting your needs. When God can find someone, Scott, who has other people in concern more than themselves, who puts other people first, who goes out of their way and bankrupts their own resources to meet other people's needs, God, in turn, will go out of his way to meet that person's needs. So I encourage each and every person listening today If you have a need, I'm going to ask Scott to pray in just a moment. But one of the keys that you can take, and you can bank on this, and you can apply it to your life, and I promise you, you will see a difference, is when you have a need, and you may have spent many a night, many a time in prayer about that need, but if you will find someone else that has a need and meet their needs and place other people's needs above your own, you're going to find that that's one of the keys to getting your own need met, Scott. Amen. Amen. Oh, boy. You're going to stir me up with that kind of talk. Uh, I, I was thinking about uh, a song again that come along, Charles, and you probably <laughs> remember this from uh, from Ray Bolts. It was, uh, it was oh, Lord, it's the songs that he wrote. But when he was on the firing line and uh, he tells the story, I'll tell quickly, but he tells the story of he was at a concert somewhere. Make a long story short. They were talking about tithing. They were talking about giving. In this instance, it was talking about giving money to the church. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> he, they were talking about giving money and uh, <clears throat> the Ray got done with whatever he was doing. And he got down off the stage and this little kid came to him wasn't really old, maybe 10, somewhere around there, 11, nine. And, uh, he questioned him about what he was talking about, Charles. And he, he said, so if, if you give to the Lord, it comes back to you and you're talking about like 10%, right? And Ray said, yeah, you know, it's the tithe. And the little kid looked up at him and he, he had a pocket full of change. I don't remember exactly what it, how much it was, but he gave, he had a pocket full of change and he looked at that change in his hand and then he looked at Ray and he said, what if I give all instead of just 10%? <laughs> and that's that's what you're talking about this morning. We've noticed, and uh, I, like you just said, that when we were in situations where we couldn't feel God, I'm not sure why we're going this way, but somebody needs to hear it, I guess, is when you're in situations where you can't feel God, 
I'm going to stay calm this morning because I don't know if my voice can handle it today. But if you're in a situation where you can't feel God and God is a million miles away or you are struggling in a situation that seems so rock solid, it's going to take you out. You find a way to meet somebody else's need. You find a way if you can meet somebody else's struggle, help somebody and meet that need and watch if the windows of heaven don't begin to unlock for you this morning. I don't know why we're talking this way. But, Charles, it's, it's time, the first church. And, and the pick that I got against today's church is that we've got selfish and self-centered, and we're only worried about what's going on inside our four walls. And, exactly. Charles, the first church, the, the original church, the church that got it right and had it right, they distributed everything that they had amongst everybody so that everybody had all their needs met. And, and if we got back to that today, Charles, you know, used to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go off, Used to, Charles, people would think first when they had a need or, or when they had a struggle that was just absolutely too strong, the first thing that they thought of was, let me talk to a pastor. Let me go to church. We don't have that kind of thought anymore because we've gotten powerless, God help us. But, Lord, if you find somebody and meet their need today, you, you, can, you can release the struggle that you're in as well. I know that don't make a lot of sense, but, Charles, it does work, does it not? It does work. That's the key. You know, if you have a need, you find a need and you meet that need of someone else at any cost and your need will be met. It's a key scripture in the Bible that says, whatever you reap, you will sow. And if you go out and you sow love your brothers and sisters, you sow comfort and joy to your brothers and sisters, then God will make sure that what you need is thrown back to you. And I thank God he is faithful not only to give those people that deserve judgment. He's going to give those people that deserve judgment. But Scott, he said, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. He's also all about making sure that the good people get good things sown into their life because that's what he said is whatever you sow, you shall reap. And I thank God we have a faithful God who is faithful to do that in our lives even today. Scott, just like I had said earlier, I want you to pray for us before we get started into today's podcast. If you will pray for the listener, if you'll pray for ourselves, pray that the Holy Spirit takes control and maybe he has something else he wants to say to someone just like he did just then about meeting a special need. Maybe he has a word today that is going to be exactly what you need to listen to and hear, listener. So help us pray. Scott, would you pray for us? I will surely do it. And and again, as always, this is the time of the podcast where we'll pull away from the message we're about to deliver. And it's all about you, listener. Wherever you may be, whatever you may be struggling with, whatever may be going on, you may be at work right now where you can't, have a church service per se or, or get alone and pray but you can still pray with us in your mind whatever may be going on like we've said these scriptures many times but they're still true that where two or three are gathered in his name there he talking about jesus there he is in the midst and we all know that every time jesus got involved in something things change so we've got promises this morning that if we come together and we pray together joining my faith and Charles's faith with your faith, God hears and God moves. He's just that good. He's just that wonderful. It doesn't matter also, I, I, and I feel I, I need to say this, 
<laughs> and Charles, I know this sounds like a broken record sometimes, but I can't help it. The doctor is not the final say. Now, he, he's a helper, yes, and God uses doctors as tools at times to help people, but the doctor is not the final say. What you're going through, that voice in your head that's telling you you're not going to make it is not the final say. Jesus is the final say. Jesus is the one who gives the final, yeah, it's going to happen or no, it's going to happen. And this is what I want you to pay attention to this morning. Whatever situation you're going through, whatever may be happening, I don't care how bad it looks. I can testify to you that God can do anything. He can do anything, and he is willing. <laughs> I, I could go a hundred ways with that, but let's, let's just pray. Father, we thank you this morning that we get another opportunity. It is an honor, and it is a privilege that we are allowed to stand here as ambassadors for you. I count it an honor and a privilege. And God, I, I thank you this morning that I can speak as an ambassador that you are able to do anything above that we can ask or think above what we can ask or think. There is nothing impossible with you. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you did in, in the New Testament Bible, you still do today. And God, we give you the praise this morning that whatever the people that are listening, whenever they listen to this podcast, whatever they are going through, nothing is impossible with you. And I pray, and Charles with me as well, we pray that you touch that need. We pray that you touch that sickness in the body. We pray that you touch that marriage that's struggling. We pray that you touch that, that wayward child that somebody is, is, is fighting over. God, we pray that you touch that depression we pray that you touch that fear. There's a lot of fear roaming around these days, Lord. There's a lot of people that are being struck by fear by the enemy. And, and I just take a moment by your authority that you've given this podcast to rebuke that spirit of fear and depression in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind you, you spirit of depression in the name of Jesus and you spirit of fear. Unlock that child of God. And Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, that you're going to give the people hope. You're going to fill them with joy. You're going to give them not a forced smile, a real smile. God, I pray for a real smile. I don't even know I'd go this way, but I'm going to follow. I pray for a real smile to be on people's lips this morning. God, that you give them joy and peace. Lord, that you touch that doctor report, that you touch whatever they're going through this morning. We'll give you the praise and the glory for it all. Now, God, we ask that you just move in this podcast. You're already here. You're already moving. You're already speaking. And I, I just pray that, Lord, you help us to follow your leading this morning. Say yes, what you want us to say. Move through Charles's mouth this morning and give him the unction of the power of the Holy Ghost to speak and to minister. And, God, have your way. Take control of this podcast and have your way. We give you the praise and glory for it all in Jesus' name. And amen. 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 Thank you, Scott, for that prayer. That was a good prayer. I felt the moving of the Holy Spirit. And just like we had said earlier, I felt God's concern. And listener, that ought to thrill your heart. God is concerned about you. You are on his mind and he is constantly working on your behalf. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And he never gets tired of working on your behalf. So thank you, Scott, for praying. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving. Scott, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on here together. And in the meantime, I did a series 
of devotions on the grace of God. And if the listeners haven't listened to those, I, I you know, I, I beckon them to do so. I hope that they do and, and gain something from those devotionals. But we're going back to the series that we've been on for a few weeks now called the Kingdom Series. And Scott, since it has been a couple of weeks, just a little bit of review, I think, is in order before we go forward. But we're talking about the Kingdom of God and our key scriptures comes from Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 that state for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost so it's in the Holy Ghost it's a spiritual kingdom Scott when Jesus came the first time to this earth he walked among us and he showed the father to the people and then he died on a cross was buried and resurrected and doing so, he established the spiritual kingdom of God that we live in right now in this day. Now, we talked about the kingdom mentality, how God thinks in kingdom principles. You know, one of the main things that we said is a weakness in the Western Christian culture is the fact that we're so caught up in a republic mentality. We have a voting system. We have people that represent the masses, and, and we have a president instead of a king. But God doesn't think that way. God thinks in a kingdom mentality. He has always had a king in his side to rule and reign. Now, when Jesus established the church age, he brought the end of the prophetic age. The end of the prophetic age came with John the Baptist and the beginning of the church age started on the day of Pentecost. And we've been in that spiritual kingdom, Scott, up until this point. But we've also talked and we also mentioned on the podcast that there's a transition coming, a transition from the church age to the kingdom age where the physical reign of Jesus Christ will be on this earth where he will return in power and great glory. He will set up his throne in the country of Israel, and he will rule and reign from Israel over the whole earth for a thousand years. Now, Scott, there's always an overlap between ages. When the church age began, there was an overlap between the prophetic age and the church age. And just as there was an overlap there, there will be an overlap between the church age and the kingdom age. And there is a transition that takes place from the spiritual kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit's rule and reign in your life versus the physical reign of Jesus over this earth. And transitions, Scott, usually take place in a violent, very theatrical, very dramatic way. And we, through the Holy Spirit, do believe that God has revealed to us that during the transition between the church age and the, and the kingdom age, there would be a time of a wilderness journey that the church, the remnant believers that have chosen to believe that the kingdom age is at hand, there would be a time of a wilderness journey ahead of them. And just like King David, just like Joseph, just like all the men in the Bible that were used mightily of God, there was a wilderness journey that they had to take to get to the other side. 
And Scott, I believe we're on the verge, if not already in the process of that wilderness journey that the church, the remnant believers is going to take from the church age to the kingdom age. And Scott, God's not going to leave us comfortless. He's not going to leave us in a shape where we're all by ourselves. He has promised to be present help in time of need. And Scott, I believe with all of my heart that he decided to make podcasts such as this one. And he decided to send people out into the world, just like the late, great David Wilkerson that we were speaking about prior to doing the podcast. God has sent, you know, he has sent leaders. He has sent messages. He has sent books. He has sent his word out to his remnant believers to equip them, Scott, for this wilderness journey. And I believe with all of my heart that he is doing that now. And I'm praying that I can help someone, Scott, make it home to heaven. It is my desire is to see not only myself make it home, but to see you make it home, Scott, and all those people that I can influence that are listening to this podcast that I run into on a daily basis that I'm able to witness to. I pray that I can say something. I can do something. I can meet a need. I can be a blessing. I can share a word. I can say a prayer. I can join my faith with their faith like we did during the prayer, Scott, that will give those people the strength they need, the edifying that they need of their faith, that that ability to hang on a little longer until the Lord appears. And Scott, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about helping our fellow brothers and sisters make it home to heaven. And I believe that's what we are doing now is we are attempting to equip the remnant believers in this transition from the church age to the kingdom age to endure that wilderness journey. And Scott, there are some things that the remnant believers should be doing while they are waiting for that arrival of the kingdom and of the age of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning on this earth. They should be busy about cultivating that intimate relationship with the Holy spirit. They should be busy, Scott, making sure they have that extra cruise of oil that will sustain them in the dark hour. They should be busy, Scott, developing that ear to hear what the Spirit of God says to the churches, that they're not walking blindly, that they're not being led by every wind of doctrine, that they've studied their word, that they've that they've done all that they possibly can to make sure they're being led by the Spirit. And Scott, not only should they be doing that, but they should also be praying that God reveals to them those fellow believers that should come alongside with them. There's always been a small group of people, Scott, that has been brought together for such a time as this. If you read your Bible, you'll see that there was 12 disciples that Jesus purposely put together so that they could help each other make it through the transition from the prophetic age to the church age and scott i believe with all of my heart that if the listener would allow god's spirit to speak to them and to open their eyes 
they would begin to recognize fellow believers that are close to them, that have brought into their circle of life that God expects them to knit close to, to share faith with, to do a Bible study with perhaps, to start a small group in their home or anywhere that they can get along with God and they can help one another see God's face and see God's will. And Scott, that's another thing that the remnant believers should be doing is not only seeking God for themselves, but coming together with fellow believers and starting those small groups that are going to give them the strength to stand. And then Scott, there's one more thing that they should be doing. And we have said this on previous podcasts, but I'm going to say it for the sake of reminding ourselves, but there's one more thing we should be doing in this transitional time is praying that God helps us to recognize those remnant leaders that he is going to supply that are going to help us instruct us and lead us to the promised land. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to let you transition. If we can use that word, you're, you're about to transition into looking for the, the remnant leader. <clears throat> and, and I'm going to let you kind of tackle that. I, I want to back up for just a minute and talk about the tools. You just, you just described tools and Charles yeah. part of the, part of the problem if I can, can condense this real quick, I don't want to take a lot of time. But part of the problem is that when Jesus, I'm, I'm going to just shotgun this and you can help me to explain it. But when Jesus instituted the new covenant and the new Testament with his sacrifice and, and his blood on the cross, he moved things <laughs> from a physical nature into a spiritual nature. There was a there was a transition, if I can use that word again. A lot of things in the Old Testament happened in the physical realm. There was a lot of physical miracles, and yes, Jesus did do physical miracles. But hear me out just a moment. When Jesus instituted the New Testament, our tools went from a physical kind of thing, a, a physical holy of holies, a physical temple, into into a spiritual realm. Our tools are now there. They they've shifted from a physical hammer and nails to a spiritual hammer and nails in the new Testament. And what the devil likes to do, you, you outlined a few tools that was praying and reading and getting in the spirit and, and beginning to hunt for this leader that's carrying this remnant day message. You, you mentioned all these tools, um, prayer, the Holy spirit. And Charles, one thing that's been effective in the enemy is he has worked to cut off because we, we have a work to do. You as, a, you as a remnant believer, me, Charles, we have a work to do, and that our tools are in the spiritual realm, and it is our job and our duty to reach into the spiritual realm to get our tools. And if we're not grabbing our tools and using our tools, Charles, then we wonder why we're staying depressed. We wonder why we're staying sick. We wonder why we're staying lost. We wonder why we're staying confused about what's going on in the world. We wonder why that we're powerless when we come together and we don't have any anointing anymore. And it's because we've not done the steps necessary to get into the spiritual realm that is real and grab the tools that Jesus has provided for us. That's, that's what's going on. And, and you're not going to be able to transition to see this leader that Charles is about to talk about. He's about to explain the remnant leader and, and the difference between and all that. 
but you're not going to be able to do that unless you're doing the steps necessary to position yourself where you can know, where you can use your tools. That's grabbing those tools in the spiritual realm. Charles, you really probably should help me with this. I'm not a great teacher, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're doing a great job. We've called them, you know, other words, but tools are great. It, it you know, I, when you were mentioning the word tools being used, it gave me the, the impression of say you, you, you get, you hire a plumber to do a job in your home. And if that plumber comes and he doesn't bring any power tools or any tools to do the job, he may have all the knowledge in the world about how to fix the problem. But if he doesn't have the tools that allow him to fix that problem, all that knowledge does him no good. Ah, And, and, we have Christians today, Scott, that carry 90 pound Bibles under their arms and they think that that intimidates the enemy. And it's not the word that you carry in your Bible. It's the word that you carry in your heart. Oh, yeah. Come intimidates on. The enemy. And, it, you know, a lot of people, they want to surround themselves with emblems like a cross. They wear it around their neck. They got a little emblem on their car. They wear T-shirts. They sing songs. Scott, these are all ways that we edify and help ourselves. But what really destroys the enemy is what you call tools. The Bible also calls keys because we mentioned this before that Jesus told the disciples, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And there's that word kingdom again. And these keys will allow you to bind the enemy on earth as well as in the spirit realm. These keys will allow you to loose the spirit of God and his anointing on earth as well as in the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. He called them keys there, and it also called them weapons. It states another place in the Bible, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are spiritual and mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Scott, in my personal devotional time this week with God, he started speaking to me about strongholds again. And I believe Scott that on our last attempt to do a podcast, we got to the point where God started dealing with us about strongholds in believers lives. And yes, believer, yes, listener, do not condemn yourself where you stand right now. If there's a stronghold in your life, you can call yourself a Christian and still have a stronghold. You yep. can be a believer of God and still have a stronghold in your life. You can be striving for the right on the firing line, walking with God, praying and seeking God's face, doing all those things that you know to do as a Christian and still have a stronghold in your life. So don't let the enemy condemn you and say, well, you're not a real Christian because you still have this area in your life that hasn't been dealt with. You still are troubled by this spot. I can press this button and get a reaction from you still today. Scott, the weapons of God, the tools that you mentioned are given to us by the Lord Jesus through the power of the Holy Ghost to destroy the strongholds in our life, to give us true freedom. And this is the freedom that the remnant believer 
is expected to live in. This is what we are doing our best, Scott, on this podcast to do is to supply those weapons, those tools, those keys that will give the remnant believer victory as they wait for the kingdom age to arrive. Amen. Amen. And, and Charles, it's been the devil's job. Let me say that one more time. What has made today's church ineffective now, and, and they are ineffective. I hate to say it. it. It mourns me. It pains me to say that. <clears throat> I don't get pleasure and joy in, in seeing the, the, the fall of the church. But what, what the devil has done so successfully is he has distracted us from our tools. You see, when, when we get on here and we talk about you need to read your Bible, it's not we want to we pound you like parents. And make you go read a book that, gosh, that's boring. That's hard to read. I, I just can't. I, I'm so distracted so easy and all these things that come with it. What we're telling you is use your tools. In that word is the word you need to hear to make it. In that word is the instruction for you to get out of your stronghold. In, in prayer, in prayer, Charles, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to be quick. But, but we all go back to the Old Testament, the high priest. And, and the, the temple that was set up back then, what a, what, a, what a miracle that was because inside that temple was a place called the Holy of Holies. And the raw, unfettered, pure, unobstructed power of God that created the world and the universe dwelt in that little square place, little square room called the Holy of Holies in that temple. One man, Charles, one man, one time a year, out of 364 days of trouble that went on one time, one day that high priest got to go in there and make petitions known, intercede. <laughs> there's your word intercede for the people that were the, the things that were going on. But you see, we're under a better covenant now because mm -hmm. Jesus's sacrifice and death on a cruel old cross made access to that Holy of Holies. Now for everyone, you don't have to be the lineage of Aaron anymore. You can walk in with just a simple, Hey Lord, I need you. I need help. I'm, I'm struggling. And you can walk into the very same Holy of Holies that Aaron and his forebears went into. I'm about to get excited and I'm going to calm down. We, we, we have not been taking advantage of our tools that are there. Thanks be to Jesus. And it's been a successful campaign that the enemy's done. And he's made the church powerless, ineffective and useless in today's age. And Charles, it's time the remnant, the true remnant believer that you're talking about is going to be one who's going to grab up that 90 pound Bible, pull something out of it. That's going to save him and help others. He's going to go, he or she's going to go into that prayer closet, wherever that may be and get into the Holy of Holies and intercede and make their petitions known. And I could just keep going, but you know what I'm talking about right there. So I'm going to hand it back to you. <laughs> well, you know, I know we're being led by the spirit and there's someone that's listening, if not more than one person, uh, because this also affects me, but there are, Scott is a there is a purpose for what we're saying today. The Holy Spirit is trying to give victory to the remnant believers in their life. Yeah. There are people that are troubled about where they stand with God. They've been listening to the podcast, Scott, and, and they've been worried about their situation. They've been saying, Well, the way Scott and Charles speak is if I should be walking in victory every day and there shouldn't be any problems in my life and there shouldn't be any weak areas in my life that I'm 
still dealing with. And I believe what the enemy has done is he has attacked those listeners, Scott, with condemnation and said, mm, Oh, yeah. look where you're at today. Look why you, you're not this victorious person walking in the spirit that Scott and Charles always brings up. What's wrong with you? It must not work for you. It must work for everyone else, but it doesn't work for you. And it's a lie straight yeah. from the enemy. Yeah. And I want to encourage those people that are listening, Scott. I know we promised. Well, we didn't promise, but we had every intention today to speak about how to identify the leader that is not equipped to help you through the transitional part and the wilderness journey versus that David leader that God's going to send. But I can tell you right now that this all lines up because a true remnant leader that is trying his best to equip you to stand in the evil day will point to the tools. He will point to the weapons of your warfare. He will point to the keys of the kingdom. He will always bring up to you in a message, in a way he will be concerned with you being able to stand on your own because you never know, Scott, when God will lead us to a place where we are standing all by ourselves. Yeah. And we don't have brother so-and-so to call on or sister so-and-so. There may come a day where we can't turn on a podcast from Scott and Charles readily. And there's all, all we have is what we have stored up. And there's that storehouse of faith that we stopped, we talked about. All we have is what we've stored up and we begin to pray and, and let the Holy spirit bring back to our remembrance, the things that we've heard of earlier. And, and the devil has attacked the remnant believer and said, because God is still working on them, that they're in a place where they're not going to make it. And Scott, that's not true. The true remnant believer is going to make it because they do not give up mm. as long as long. And I want, I want people to grasp this, Scott. I want the listener to hear us with their good ear. As long as there's forward movement toward God, you are on the winning side. You, I could ask anyone, Scott, I could ask you right now. If there is every 100% area in your life totally submitted to the Holy Spirit, there's nothing in your life that God is not working on. Is there anyone that would be able to say, I have 100% arrived? I don't know of anyone that could say that. I don't know of anyone that could say without a doubt that there's 100% of their heart totally submitted to God and that there's not one area in their life that they're still dealing with, still being worked on by the Holy Ghost, still being made into the image of Jesus Christ. And Scott, we have an enemy who would lie to us and convince us that because we're not perfect, because we're not flawless, because we still have areas in our life that God is dealing with us on that we're not victorious. But Scott, true victory is laying down before the altar of God, every weakness, every fault, every failure and saying, God, here I am in all my nakedness and all my dirtiness and all my flaws and all my weaknesses and all my failures. I lay them at your feet. God, you see the problems. You see my heart truly loves you. 
but I am in sinful flesh and I'm still dealing with this curse of sin and I'm still fighting the nature that wants to be its own boss, that wants to take control, that wants to do its own thing. But Scott, true victory is going to God with all those flaws and saying, God, accept me by that grace that Charles talked about during those devotions. Let me rest in the fact that as long as I come to you and I fall upon the rock, I will be broken. I will be usable. I will be victorious. I will live a victorious life. Scott, this is a lie that the enemy has fed the remnant believer and they're falling susceptible to it. Would you say so? Oh, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. It's It's been the devil's job to paralyze. I use that word intentionally. Paralyze the body of Christ where they can't move. They can't reach for the tools. And, and Charles, just as you said, he's using condemnation. And we see it all around us, excuse me. We see it all around us with, with people who look into the perfect law of liberty. They look into the perfection that is Jesus Christ. And then they see their own insecurities, their their own infallibilities, the things that they are struggling with, and, and condemnation sets in. And and Charles, that's that's one of the reasons that I I've tried to push people. Romans eight, you, you like to throw that at me. I know you're doing it in tease. But you like to throw that at me that it's my favorite scripture, and it, and it is, it is because that that is the key scripture to to unlocking the tools. It's this it's the key scripture to walking in victory. It's it's the key scripture that lets you go. Yeah, I've made mistakes. Yeah, I've got a stronghold. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm okay. I got a smile on my face. Me and God are in good standing. That 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 scripture is that key for that. And, and I don't know how else to say it and why I push people into that passage. It's Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 1. We've said it over and over again, but I'll say it again. There's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, we can debate the context of that passage all day long and say part of it's supposed to be there and part of it ain't. I really don't care. I'm not going to debate. The point is the Holy Spirit is trying to direct us into getting into that presence. That's where your stronghold's going to be broken. That's where your fear is going to be uh, shattered. That's that's where the struggle is going to get. You're going to have strength for the struggle, like you said, Charles. Every one of us is struggling with something. I am. You are. There, there is no perfect being. And if you're looking for perfection, I, I, let me speak to it this way. I know some people are going to think we're picking on them. That's. But I want to say this is not our intention. We had another outline this morning. Charles will amen me. We had another outline and another route we were going, but we're going to follow the Holy Spirit here. Is is you can look into that perfect law of liberty, and 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 think that I'm not going to be able to measure up. I'm not going to be able to make it. It's it's too it's too rough. I, I'm I'm imperfect. That's what Jesus is looking for. <laughs> is imperfect beings who are struggling. Everyone is struggling, but your strength comes in the power of the Holy Ghost. And in that Holy of Holies walk, Charles, you can help me explain this a lot better than I'm doing. It's it's the key that we need. It's what the devil has cut us off of in the church and what we've got to get back to. If you can say this better, please do. Please do. Well, you brought up Romans 8, and I know, like you said, we, we call it our favorite <laughs> chapter in the Bible. Uh, the reason that we press it so much, Scott, is because it is living in victory is what that 
that chapter is all, all about. And it says walking in the spirit. It's, it's a active verb. It's not a future tense. It's not a past tense. It's a present tense. I want people to understand walking in the spirit. It doesn't mean that you've already reached the end. It means it's an ongoing process and listener. You're going to be a work in progress until the Lord returns. There will never be a day that you arrive at some pinnacle where you are not being made into the image of Jesus Christ any longer. There's never going to come a day where you have fully arrived I know of only one person, Scott, that fully arrived at the place where they were so much like God that God had to take them out of here, and that was Enoch. He said that Enoch in the Old Testament in Genesis said Enoch walked with God. Now, that's past tense. He walked with God, and he said, and he was not for God took him. Now, that tells me that Enoch, now, we got, we got to remember, Enoch lived to be 300-something years old. So he didn't do this in 70 years. He didn't do this in 80 years. It took him 300-something years to walk close enough to God to be taken out of here and just taken on to heaven because he arrived at the fullness of Christ. He was in such an image with God that he no longer could live on this earth, and he was taken out of here. Now, unless you are like Enoch and you walk so close to God that you come to a place where God takes you out of here, you're going to be a work in progress, listener. You're going to be a work in progress until the Lord returns. And if you'll read on in chapter eight of Romans or Scott was reading. It says in Romans eight twenty six. likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities or weaknesses. It said he helps our weaknesses for we know not what we should pray as we all, but with the spirit, it makes intercession for us with groanings and utterings that cannot be uttered praying for the direct or perfect will of God. See, so he is here to help our weaknesses. He is here to walk with us constantly. It's a walking process. It's an active verb. It is not something that you finally reach the end of and are taken out of here unless you're Enoch. So you're going to be walking in the spirit until the day that Jesus arrives. You're going to be walking closer to God every day. You're going to be made into the image of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. So, Scott, the enemy would have us believe that because there's still weaknesses or infirmities, like Romans 8 calls it, in our lives, that we haven't arrived or that we're not living in the spirit or walking in the spirit. But that's not true. True walking in the spirit is daily submitting ourselves to the active work of the Holy Spirit. Scott, one of the ministries of the Holy Ghost is spoken of in Ephesians chapter six. It is being made, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter four, rather. It is being made into the image of Jesus Christ. And so Mm -hmm. it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit after a believer is born again and begins this walk with God. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to continually and on a daily basis work on that individual, constantly conforming and making and transforming them into the image of Jesus Christ. And that journey, Scott, takes the rest of their life. 
That mm-hmm. journey takes the rest of their life. It's not something that happens one time. And I believe what the enemy has done is he's convinced a lot of remnant believers that because they're not perfect and because they still have weaknesses and flaws, that they're not walking in the spirit. They're not living in victory. They're not being made into the image of Jesus Christ. And Scott, that's a lie. There's the trap. There's the trap. You you just said it. You know, there, there are so many people. And Charles, we're living in a day and age that we can find books that'll back up this thinking. We we can there there are great orators that we hold in high regard that will push this theology that you have to be perfect in some way. You have to reach perfection before you can get a hold of the tools. You have to reach perfection before you can get in his presence. You you've got, you know, there there are monks out there that have built a religion on abasing themselves physically. Uh, and I mean that by they torture themselves daily and, and their level of perfection is based on how much they can beat themselves up or cut their skin or beat themselves to death or go without food. And, and they're making penance and, and it's been the devil's job to get us to thinking that we've got to get in that same kind of rut and we can't rest in the finished work of Christ. We can't rest in the fact that perfection did come along. Perfection paid the price. And now God is interested in using imperfect beings clothed with the perfection of Christ. You see, that that's a difference. You can't reach perfection. You cannot. I, I hope somebody can hear me and get rid of their stinking thinking for just five minutes and listen to us. You cannot reach perfection. If you could, Jesus Christ would have never been born. He wouldn't have had to. You cannot. The whole Old Testament, Charles, is is a series of plays, a series of stories on how humans tried and tried and tried to reach the perfection of Jesus, the Ten Commandments of God, and they could not do it. And it took Jesus' sacrifice, his finished work. I've, I've got to say finished. His finished work. When he took his last breath before he gave up the ghost, he said, it is finished. And that means that he set up a covenant now where you can come into the covering with your mistakes, your fallibilities, your insecurities, your fear, your strongholds. You can come under that covering of protection. And when you walk into that covering, Charles, you are just as perfect as you're ever going to be. And, and, and we've got to get this in our spirit again. And, and somebody needs to know this or we wouldn't be going this way. Would you agree? Amen. And uh, I love what the Holy Spirit is doing because, Scott, it's an area that I still struggle with. You know, it says confess our faults one to another. I'm going to do a little bit of confessing here. When I was a young Christian, I had and still struggle with a performance-based religion or a performance-based relationship with my Father in heaven. And I thought that as long as I kept a certain uh, list of do's and don'ts, I had a list made up in my mind, if not physically written down somewhere, I had a list of, I have to go to church X amount of times. I have to read X amount of scriptures or God's not pleased with me. I have to pray a certain amount of times every day or God's not going to answer my prayers. I've got to do a certain amount of good works or God's not going to be pleased with me and I'm going to fall out of his good grace. And Scott, I lived under that condemnation spirit for so long and God worked on me and worked on me, explaining to me how grace and faith work hand in hand 
and that by grace are you saved and you live by faith in that perfect work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. But you don't have to stay there living in slavery and say, I'm worthless and I'm useless. You can move forward in Jesus Christ, living the life, but you live it on a daily basis and you never get to a place, Scott, where you don't need him. Now, yeah. Let me let me do a little bit of teaching here for a second, and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to speak. But this happens to every true believer, Scott. When a true believer embarks on a journey to find out God's will for their life, they will get you know if they if they will get past that cross experience. Now I, I got to be careful how I say this. Lord help me, Jesus. When they get past the cross experience and, and they, they, they discover that Jesus died for their sins and they accept his salvation and they accept his grace, they have a tendency to want to live there. But if they are brave enough to move forward and say, I'm going to take the grace that God invested in my life and I'm going to use it for the honor of his son and the glory of the father. And I'm going to live this life the best way that I can. And by the help of the Holy spirit, I'm going to go beyond my best attempts. I'm going to go beyond my best efforts by the help of the Holy spirit. I'm going to do stuff that I didn't know that I was even possible of doing. I'm going to give up things that I didn't think I would ever give up. I'm going to break strongholds that I didn't think would ever be broken. When they get brave enough to move into that walk, God begins to let them walk. And Scott, we have a tendency to be guilty of pride when we accomplish a certain amount of walking with God. Uh Let me say it this way. There's nothing wrong with being, uh, you know, me and you were struggling with the right word previous to doing the podcast about pride. You know, I've played a lot of parts in my life and in my walk with God, I've served in a lot of offices such as youth pastor and associate pastor. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of podcasts. I've, I've wrote a lot of studies. I've taught a lot of Sunday school classes and I would take these to God and I would lay them down in front of God. And I'd say, see now God, see how faithful I am. See how good I've been. This is why you can love me. This is why you can reward me. This is why you can give me those things that I ask for in my prayer life is because I've been doing these things. And Scott, God, he allows that because he wants you to feel good about your walk with God. But then there come a point in your life where God will strip you from all of that. And he will get you to a place where you feel like you're not accomplishing anything worthy of God's love. And you're not doing enough for God to love you and bless you and answer your prayers. And God does that so that you will be emptied of your own efforts, your own merit, your own righteousness, and fall solely upon the power of the Holy Spirit to start and actively complete this work in you. And Scott, what the enemy does is he'll come along and he'll see you making a genuine effort to walk according to the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and he will begin to start hammering you. And if he can't convince you that you're, you know, that you're you're still living a performance-based religion, then he'll start 
attacking you with this condemnation that you're never going to live up to God's favor and that God's always going to be angry with you. And Scott, that's just not the case. Mm, yeah. You, you're, you're attacking. Let me, let me throw the second punch. Cause you threw the first punch. You're, you're attacking uh, the area of people who are under condemnation because they see from day to day, their infallibility, they, their imperfection <clears throat> from day to day. And there's also a group, here's the second punch, there's also a group of people out there, and this is where it's going to hurt me because I struggle <laughs> with this. <laughs> this podcast is really hurting me today. I don't know about you, but there's also a group of people out there that are under condemnation because of some event or something yeah. that happened to them in their past. Now, it could have been something that they did, or it could be something that happened to them, a wrong that, that happened to them. But there's some event mm-hmm. in their past that they keep looking back to <laughs> this hurts. They keep looking back to, I'm going to try to say this without crumbling and, and they can't get past that event. Come and on. it's impossible for them to believe that <laughs> God loves them just the way they are. God wants them in the family, just the way they are brokenness, imperfection, bad past insecurities, uh, he, he, he's after him. He's after him. There, there is a wonderful passage in the Bible. I, it's, it's a parable, but it's a. I, I liken to it to be exactly how God feels. There's a wonderful story in the Bible about him calling, building a marriage supper, and and he's he's trying to call anybody and everybody that will come to his supper because he's built such a fine feast and he's cooked such good steaks and he's he's made such such a good good table, and nobody will come. And he goes out and he says, you go and you get the halt and the lame and the blind and the broken and bring them into this supper. And that's exactly what he is doing today, Charles. He is calling those that are broken and busted and disgusted and imperfect. And he wants to clothe them in perfection. He wants to clothe them in righteousness. And Charles, it's been the devil's job to get us to believe that we're too dirty. We can't do the, we can't do the thing. And if I understand you correctly and you correct me on this. You correct me on this. What you're saying, in essence, is it's our job of a morning to get up and pray and get into that spirit that's that's spoke of in Romans 8, chapter 1, and begin to walk because it's a day-to-day thing. What you did yesterday, forget about it. Each day is a new day. Forget about what happened yesterday. Each day is a new day to God. And you start the same way that you did yesterday. And you get in that presence. You, you begin to pray, God, Help me get it, get into this Holy Spirit that Charles and Scott are talking about in Romans 8 1. And you walk in that as best as you can through the day, and you're praying and you're reading God's word. That that that's exactly where you're going to be happy. That's exactly where you're going to be uh where you need to be. And you can help me explain that better. Would you agree with what I'm saying? Oh, you did it you did it wonderfully, Scott. Uh, this is where I wanted to go uh while you were talking is living a victorious life. If you want to live a victorious life, just like Scott said, you do it on a daily basis. You get up and you do what Joshua said. He said, choose you this day who you will serve. Every day is an opportunity for you to make a choice. Are you going to live according to your desire, your will, your ways? Or are you going to submit yourself to 
the spirit of God and walking in the spirit. And just like Scott said, you go before God, you say, here I am God and all my ugliness and all my nastiness and all my failures and my faults. My desire is true. My heart is true. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to walk with you. I make mistakes. I've got a bad track record. There's a horrible thing in my past that the devil keeps showing me that I can't seem to get past. But today, I want to make an effort to live for you. And Scott, you start that day off and you you may make it all the way through. And what if you don't? You you fall on your face. You have a moment of doubt. You you have a moment of, of weakness and you fail God that day. Well, guess what? The next day you get up, you do it again. Yeah. Okay, God, here I am again. I, I tried yesterday and, and, and I made a mistake, but here I am again. And Scott, that's living in victory. It's a yep. daily submission to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And Scott, I promise you, if the listener, the believer, the remnant believer will do this on a daily basis, if they will go to God and not pull any punches, not try to hide anything, but openly admit everything, their faults, their failures, their disgusting habits, and say, God, I know that this doesn't please you, and I'm working on it, but I'm here to tell you that I love you and I want to be like Jesus. So don't give up on me. Don't give up on me, God. Scott, you, you will not believe how many times that I have prayed those very words to my Father in heaven. God, do not give up on me. I know I've got a long way to go, but don't give up on me. And you know what? God has never given up on me, Scott. That's right. And he never will. And I, that's living in victory. Is if If you don't give up, God won't give up. And I hope the listener is hearing me that that with their good ear on that. If you don't give up, God won't give up on you if you don't give up on him. And living in victory is a daily walk. It's not a pinnacle you reach and then you live on the mountaintop and nothing bad ever happens. And that you may never make a mistake again or you never get or the enemy don't try to bring up that horrible past that you have in your life. It's not ever going to happen until the Lord returns and the enemy is placed under his feet and then we're free from the nature of this sinful flesh, then we will have complete victory. But until then, we rest in the grace of God that Jesus satisfied God's holy requirements. And every day we go to him and we say, God, here I am. Take me as I am. I'm not giving up on you. And listener, I promise you, God won't give up on you. No, no. And, and you know, Charles, you go back and you look, and, and I'm not trying to be mean here or pick on people, but, but you go back and all the apostles had problems. You know, yeah. I, Paul had a problem. Peter, gee whiz, did he have problems. Uh, that's kind of my apostle, by the way. That's kind of who I gravitate to. And he, boy, he had problems. You know, but you said the key right there. There was none of those boys, men, women in the Bible that were perfect. I put that in quotations. Human perfection is, is nothing but a chain. Human perfection. And, and anyone out there, I don't, I don't care if it's, it's C.S. Lewis saying it. It doesn't matter to me. Anyone out there that promotes human perfection is doing nothing but building a chain that you cannot break. Human perfection is, is uh, something that the devil has created that a human can never reach. 
And right. Jesus satisfied that level of perfection that was needed for God to say, I'm pleased. I'm happy. No longer am I working against you now. I'm working for you. And, and sure. every one of those apostles had problems, but God worked through them and, and with them during the problem. And you said the key. Let me, let me, let me quote a scripture. I'm not going to quote it verbatim exactly perfect, but it says, can anyone pluck us out of God's hand? Can anything shall, shall persecution, shall nakedness, shall peril, shall sword, shall the devil. I'm about to get excited, so let me calm down. But, but can any of these things pluck us out of the hand of God? No. There is only one person, one thing that can pluck you out of the hand of God, and that is you giving in to the temptation to quit, to turn away, to walk away. You can do that. But, Charles, just like you said, the key to victory is I get up every day and I start afresh. I don't quit. I don't stop. I keep pressing forward. I, you know, I'm going to tell you when these guys, these, these, these fallible human beings that made mistakes, the apostles, I'm going to tell you when they got into a, a, a good run is when they said, I, I've stopped focusing on what's behind me. I've stopped focusing on what happened in my past now. Look at David in the Psalms, Charles. When he gets on this run where he forgets about who he is and what he's done, and he just gets into this run. God, I'd, I'd like to know you. There's something mystical about you. There's something wonderful about you. You're beautiful. And he starts this run. Look at the Song of Solomon. And he starts this run about, I, I want to apprehend that which apprehended me. There, there's something about this Jesus. I want to get to know him more. And you start focusing on that instead of who you are or what you did. That's when true victory starts singing. Would you agree with that? Amen, amen. I love what you said, Scott. The wonderful thing about it is, is the last few verses of Romans 8 is Paul saying this is true victory, and it's going to be right where you were at. And I want to read these. I, you know, believe it or not, Scott, time has got away from us again, and it's been uh, over an hour. Uh, but let me read these verses, and then I want Scott to say whatever's on his heart and pray for us. But it says in Romans, starting in verse uh, chapter eight, starting in verse thirty-one, what shall we say then to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not be with Him who uh, be with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? That is written, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are what? More than conquerors yeah. to him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is how Romans chapter 8 ends. Uh, 
It starts with this mandate that seems to be completely unaccess- you know, unaccessible. You think, how can I walk in the spirit? How can I live in victory? How can I be perfect like Jesus? And you find out that you have to do that on a daily basis. But then Paul encourages us all at the end of the chapter when he says, in all these things, there is nothing that's going to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And as and listener, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to give it to Scott to say the prayer. But if you don't give up on God, I promise you he will never give up on you. Amen. Amen. And and in the same token, let me, let me try to encourage this way. You cannot stay in that level of condemnation. You can't live there. You can't not do nothing about the condemnation that you're under you will cave you will give in you will quit you you will you will pluck yourself out of the hand of god and out of that scripture that charles just quoted you can't live there the devil wants you to and and this i believe charles this is the podcast that he wanted to give us this morning that he wanted us to say to the people that you know <clears throat> there's a tendency i got to do this quick i know we're running out of time there's a tendency just like Elijah, when he had the showdown on Mount Carmel with the 400 prophets of Baal and that great big move of God, it's, it's always boggled my mind that shortly thereafter, when this man called fire down from heaven, miraculously, <laughs> a big miracle like that, and then you turn around in the next minute and he's crying that he wants to die and, and he wants something to kill him because he's all alone and he's scared and he's afraid. <laughs> and I believe that's who we're talking to this morning is you're getting scared and you're getting afraid because you're not doing anything to fight that condemnation. Here's what you do. Simply, simply, Romans 8, chapter 1, find you a place, some time of a day, some time of a day. I don't care whether it's morning. I don't care whether it's night. I don't care whether it's before you go to bed. You've got to do this. Your, your life depends on it. Your, your very existence depends on it. Find you a place somewhere where you can get into the holy of holies. I'm talking about praying till you pray through. I'm talking about praying till you feel something. I'm talking about praying till you know you're in the presence of God. And trust me, when you do, you will know you're in the presence of God. You will yeah. know that he's there all around you, listening to you. And you've got to do that on a daily basis. Romans 8, chapter 1. Commit that to memory. Because that's what we came here to say this morning. That is your key. That is how you're going to live in victory. That's how you're going to beat this condemnation. That's how you're going to get out of the chain of human perfection. Let me stop right there and, and pray for you. God, we thank you this morning for this word. Of all the words that you've given through this podcast, that they've all been good. But, but to all the words that you've given in this podcast, how I thoroughly have enjoyed this this morning. And I thank you for delivering this word. Jesus, and I pray that it gets into everyone that's listening. Whenever they listen to this podcast, put this in it. Reveal it to them. Open their eyes, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, that you're talking to them, that it's a one-on-one thing, that you're that you're talking to them one-on-one right now. And God, release them from that condemnation and that chain, I pray in Jesus' name. God, they can't move forward. The devil wants to destroy them. They can't grow any farther until they get past this. And God, I pray that you open their eyes. I pray that these words that Charles has spoken, that I have spoken, get into their soul. And God, it, it gives them strength to push forward into Romans 8, 1, 
we thank you for this word this morning. And God, I pray, I pray for me and Charles. I pray you help us with this as well. God, we we are under this just as much as the person listening. And God, we pray that you help us. We thank you for this word and, and for what you've done today. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we ask. And amen. 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 Listener, I thank God that he showed up today, that the Holy Spirit spoke directly to us. Scott, that was for you. Scott, that was for me. Uh, listener, it's for you. If you're not in that shape, if, if you may be coming out of that battle. You'll go in it again. You may not have experienced that battle. You stay on this walk and you will. I will. I, but I promise you, just like Scott said, the key is don't give up on God. He won't give up on you. Walk in the spirit. But in the meantime, rest in the grace of the love of Jesus Christ yeah. and his complete work on the cross. It works. Listener, it works. It goes together. Resting in his love, accepted by the grace of God, walking in the spirit. Don't give up. You'll make it home. You'll see me and Scott on the other side. We will all rejoice at the feet of the throne of God. We will know that God did it all. What he said he would do in Philippians chapter one, he said, being confident. Now, this is what Paul said. I am confident that he that began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day that Jesus Christ appears. And yeah. that's what I'm saying to you, listener. Be confident that the, the walk that you began in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit began it, and he will complete it for you if you don't give up. And uh, I pray that you have taken this to heart. You apply it to your life. Uh, please say a prayer for Scott and I. Share this message with other people. How many people would be encouraged if they hear the same words today that you have heard? We all need this word. Share it with others. Help us to get the message out. We pray that you enjoy the rest of our resources. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook page. We, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cry of the Watchman. Uh, we have blogs that you can read that will encourage you. All the links will be in the show notes of this, uh, of this podcast. Also, we have an email address. I encourage you, if you need a special prayer, if you're still struggling with the area that Scott and I spoke about today, send us an email. Let us pray with you. Let us join our faith with yours god will move on your behalf that email address is simply key underscore david underscore ministries at yahoo.com let us know that you're listening let us know that you need us to pray and we will pray and we will see god's victory come to your life and uh, in the meantime until the next time lord allows us to come together it is the prayer of the Key of David podcast. It is the prayer of the Watchman of the Wall Ministries that each and every person listening repents for the kingdom of God is at hand.